Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, if you've got your Bibles with you today, we always encourage you to bring your Bibles. We're going to be uh, primarily teaching out of Exodus chapter 3. But I uh, kind of like uh, bringing you up to date before we do that. So we're going to talk a little bit about getting us up to what's going on in, in the life of Moses. Now, a lot of people are familiar with the story of Moses in the burning bush. But for those of us that uh, haven't heard that in a while, we're going to kind of bring you up to date. And I, the title of this message is Stop, Drop, and Roll. Y'all didn't know you were going to get like a fire safety prevention thing in here. But I want to tell you what. Uh, I believe that when we take those three things and we start looking how God worked in Moses' life, it's really not much different than how he, he works in our lives. And I just want us to take a few minutes just kind of just think about that. The stop, drop, and the roll. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you a little update on this thing and what's going on prior to, to coming up to this point. Back in about uh, 1400 B.C., before Christ, in Egypt, the Israelites, God's chosen people, had been in captivity. They ended up being in captivity for about 400 years. And they're growing. They're getting stronger. There's about two, two, oh, I think it's like two million of them or more. And the guy that's in charge of everything there, the Pharaoh of Egypt, he says, man, this is not a good plan here. They're going to get bigger and kind of overtake us. See, that fear factor will really start a whole lot of stuff. Not only that, the pride in things. You see, you know, a lot of times we think things are, are so much tougher and so much different today. But you know what? It's been going on for a long, long time. And so we're going to kind of look at the, the things as we go along, how it applies to things that are going on in our life right now. So this is what's happening in his life. It's going on. And he starts saying, that the, the Pharaoh says, man, we're going to have to do something about these people growing. And what we're going to do is any of the Hebrew Israelite ladies that have a, a, a male child, come on in, brother, have a male child, what we're going to do is um, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to have to do away with those children. And that's pretty drastic stuff, isn't it? So you think about that. You say, oh my gosh, man, this is just craziness. How in the world does this happen? Now, I tell you what, the devil is always trying to weave in a way to, to bring death. But God is always on the scene to bring life, okay? So what's going on? There's a, there's a man and a lady from the, the uh, Leviticus tribe of Levi. And uh, they have a baby. And they have a little boy. And the mom says, man, ain't no way to get my baby boy. And I believe that it's just divine intervention. She hides him for about three months and gets where she can't hide him anymore. And she gets this, this, this revelation here. She says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build this basket like an ark, put the baby in it, and go down and put him in the river, the river Nile, and we're going to float him along up to the palace. And what she's going to do is time this thing out for when Pharaoh's daughter's out there, the princess, and going to have his sister... The baby sister go along and, and, and try to work a, a deal out of this. Here, watch how God works this. So she fixes up the baby's little ark, so to speak, puts the baby in it, and starts going through the through the, the reeds. You know, we can think about that. You know, out here in Macosan, just kind of through the marsh. You know, if you get that picture, you know, and you got this big bread basket with a baby in there, and you're going, okay, here we go. And so the baby's floating downstream. And the princess is out there and they're getting ready to bathe and she's got all her handmaidens and things out there. And they hear this cry of this baby. And she says, go, go get that basket over there, the princess says. So they bring the basket over there and they unwrap it and it's a baby. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew children. You know, the mom's trying to save it. And his cries touched her heart. And she goes, I'm going to raise him for my own. Check this out. Then the little sister goes, hey, you know, we can help out with that. You know what? Would you like me to get one of the Hebrew ladies to come and, and, and nurture him and, and, and feed him and all that? Sure. 
So here comes my hey, <laughs> what's going on? She says, I tell you what, if you can go and take care of this baby until he gets of age, I'll pay you to do it. Now, isn't that amazing? See, a lot of times the devil turns around and tries to twist stuff. But when God gets in, he made the devil pick up the tab. I just love that. So she's going to raise her own baby, and, and, and her life is saved, and Pharaoh's paying the tab. That's just good stuff. That's God stuff right there. You know? So she goes back, and when he starts getting a little bit older, she's good on her word, and she brings him back to the princess. And we know she says, I will name him Moses, for I drew him out of the water. All right, now we're getting close to where we're coming up on what's going on here. So, we've got a little reading to do. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. And Tim's going to do some clicking, and I'm going to do a little reading up here. So, everybody ready to roll? Yes, baby. Yes, that's good. <laughs> yes, that's that's good. good. Y'all get comfortable. That's good. Here we go. We've got a little bit of reading to do. Moses in the burning bush. It says, One day, Moses was tending the flock. No, you know what? I jumped the gun on you guys. Jumped the gun on you guys. Because we just got him to a baby. We got to get him to a man now. Sorry. So, she's got the baby. He comes back. And uh, he's growing up in the Pharaoh's house, right? And he's learning all types of stuff. How the Egyptian army works. And all these things. But he still knows where he comes from. Right? He knows, I'm a Hebrew. I'm an Israelite. And my people are being oppressed. He's not liking that. So he's going out and he's making the rounds. And one day he's making the rounds and he sees an Egyptian soldier being very, very rough on one of the Hebrew people. And he says, hey, what are you doing? And he just flies off. And he takes and kills that guy. He kills the Egyptian soldier. And now he's scared. He goes, oh, what do I do now? He buries him in the sand. He's thinking, nobody knows. Isn't that what we do with sin? Sometimes we just put it over here. Nobody knows. But God knows, right? Something else. Can God still use him? Absolutely. Because when we're quick to turn from that sin, God will restore us every time. So, a few days go by. Moses is out making the rounds again. Check this out. He sees two of the Hebrew guys arguing. And he goes, hey, why are you arguing with your brother, man? And the guy said, this is none of your concern. Were you going to kill us and throw us in the dirt too? He goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. The secret is out. we got a problem. So he knows, man, Pharaoh is going to kill me if he comes in and hears this. So what he does, he takes off. Now, Moses is about 40 years old at this time. He takes off, and he starts out through the desert. He said, man, I'm getting out of here. You know, this is not good. He walks, and he walks, and he walks. And I know a lot of you guys have seen the Ten Commandment movie, right? (laughs) Charleston Heston, right? Always think about that. He's just walking, Moses, you know? So here we go, and he's going, and he's going, and going. And he comes to a place called Midian. And when he gets there, there's like a watering hole. And a lot of the folks are bringing their, their the shepherds are bringing their flocks there and stuff. And there's a there's a, some people that are there from Midian. Um, and there's there's a girl. There's seven girls in the family of Jethro. And the girls are trying to take care of their dad's flocks. But the guys are thinking, you know, especially back then, they always held women way down here. Instead of saying, hey, you can just get your water later. And they're getting a little rough. Moses on the scene, baby. Boom! He gets out there. Starts tearing them up. Said, no, that's not going to happen here. So, he's the hero. The girls get to go and, and, and take care of the, the flock. And they said, we want you to meet our daddy. So they come on back. he got seven daughters, right? I'm thinking, man, all right, this is a good deal for Moses, right? He goes back and he says, man, we can use a guy like you around here. He says, really? So Moses starts working for him. He said, take a pick of one of my daughters, all right? So he gets him a sweetheart. 
Life's going good. He's forgetting about the past, right? And here he goes. He's got, he's got a son now. Now this is like 40 years ago. Now he's 80. So you know, you think, man, I'm too old for God to use me. No, he's just getting primed up, man. He's just getting primed up. So what's happening now is, he says, well, I'm going to go take the flock up on Mount Sinai. I'm going to jump in on a reading here. And this is where Moses comes face to face with a burning bush. Okay? Let's jump on here. Here we go. Moses in a burning bush. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Now I'm going to give you a little background on that. In the Old Testament, anytime they say the angel of the Lord, they're talking about Jesus. Okay? So he's getting a glimpse of God, all right? He stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the, the middle of the bush. Makes me think of the movie. Moses. Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. He said, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he, he, he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard the cries of, and distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, the Hebites, and the Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. This is a sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Again, Moses. But Moses protests. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God has also said, God also said to Moses, Say to them, to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. So that was a mouthful, but you know, I have to kind of set the stage with that so we know where we're going, all right, guys? Amen. That's the clue. When it grabs this, y'all say amen, right? <laughs> gotcha. Sounds good. Well, let's jump into it. Now, everybody, when you came in, we should have gotten a little handout. We try to, to use every one of our senses so we can just share God's Word, whether it's teaching and preaching and the Word of God and do different things. I thought instead of using a clip on the front of that today that we would go ahead and read the Word of God, all right? So take a look at this. I want to rewind just a little bit. He says, man, look at this. It's kind of amazing. Um, for us, we can see a burning bush. We might say, man, that's kind of amazing. What's going on out here? But you think about this in the desert. They said that wasn't really a magnificent sight. 
I mean, it was a desert, it was a burning bush, and as I read commentaries and looked at things, I said, well, that would happen from time to time. What was the amazing thing, in the middle of that everyday deal, was God talking to him. The bush was not being consumed. My question is for us, how often is God talking to us in everyday life? But we're so consumed with the world that we miss what God's saying. That's a good word right there. Because a lot of times, the, the business of our day, what the neighbors are saying, what works telling us we need to do, can get us so sidetracked in the middle of the day when God's speaking to us, we miss it. So I want to just calm our spirits today as we're here. Leave whatever's going on outside. Open your hearts to what God has for you through His Word today. And when you leave, don't pick it up. We're just going to leave it at the foot of the cross, all right? So check this out. Everybody's got a little bit different thing. Moses had a burner's bush. God woke me up in the middle of the night. God might be speaking to you from a friend, from a wife, from a husband. But God's always speaking, most of the time, through His Word. So if we got His Word closed, guess what? We're losing some of that, that activity, some of that time there, that communication. We always want to be communicating with God. And how do we communicate? Through His Word, right? Through prayer. And I say this often. Prayer is a two-way street, right? How often do we just give God the grocery list? Lord, I need this, 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 and don't, think, don't forget about Uncle Joe, and boom, and we're out of there. Now think about this in a relationship because we know it's not about religion. We know it's not about what we do. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? So in a relationship, let's think about a husband or a wife or one of your best friends. How would that work if I met Denise and I said, hey, you're beautiful. And um, what's your favorite color? And where do you live? And um, how much do you weigh? I wouldn't ask that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, never ask a woman that. I found that out early on. Yeah. Or, or, you know, just start asking all these facts and details. Then I go, okay, see you later. That wouldn't be much of a, a, a relationship, right? That's facts and details. And I remember as I was studying the Word of God one day, I was getting all these facts about God. I really was, and I thought that's what I'm, I mean, you know, okay, Lord, I want to know more about this. And all those are great things. But I remember the Lord speaking to my heart and saying, don't miss out on knowing me just because you're knowing about me. And what he meant by that, if I know him intimately, I will know everything about him as he speaks to my heart. You know what I mean? So, am I saying don't study your Bible? Absolutely not. I'm saying study your Bible and look for God in the passages. And then meditate on the Word and let God speak to your heart what He wants to share with you in there. Don't just look for facts and details. All those are, are great, but work in that relationship. That's what God wants, that intimacy. Amen? Amen. Very, very good. Now, a lot of times, like I said, we can, we can get all uh, wrapped around the wheel, but something else I was thinking about this too. Moses had his spiritual eyes open. If we want to see what God's doing, we need to be in God's Word. Like I said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, right? So, we need to be listening to the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, because, man, this thing right here can ruin us. It really can. So sometimes we just need to stop and get out of the way on that. But if we want to adjust our spiritual eyesight, use the lens of the Bible to do so, okay? Use the lens of the Bible. And why do you say that? Because that's God's perfect will. If you want to see what God's like, check out Jesus. He's God in flesh, right? He's our role model. See, what happens is so many times we look to the world to see what God's like. Now, we can see things that God created. He's a creator of all things. But since the fall of man, things are disjointed a little bit, right? So if you want to get a clear picture of God, look through the lens of God's word. Look to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 
Now, something else, this is, this is kind of just side note, just from ministering and talking to people. I found this out too. If I want to be a good encourager, I need to be a good listener. And you know, guys that know me, I usually am a good talker. So God's working on my listening. And you know, and because, and something else I found a lot of times when you're dealing with folks, a lot of times they already know the answer, but they haven't received it yet. And if you allow them to speak and just kind of get their thoughts together and then use the lens of the Bible to direct them and encourage them, you'll be surprised what God will do in their life. And, and that's what the whole thing's all about. Is this still going? Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, a lot of times we think we got to be the answer man. You guys remember the HQ store? They had the guy with the green vest on. And man, you just come over and say, it's broke. And he goes, well, you need three foot, two by four, some liquid nail and some duct tape. Oh, he's amazing. You know, and you go back over here, and my stuff still looks all messed up. So what I usually do, I go, uh, I need to call like Mike Bustanger to fix this. <laughs> Somebody help me, you know. So that's not my thing. Or if it's plumbing, I'm definitely calling Dave because I'm like, if I work on it, it's going to cost us a whole lot more. So can you come now, please? You know, and everybody has different giftings. But you know what? God will work through those things and just build in your life. The other thing I want to talk about about listening is we really don't realize what signal we're sending. If I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to Miss Tanya and she's telling me about something going on in her life and stuff, and I'm going, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that's really bad. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, and I'm looking away. We, man, I tell you, we need to watch our body language. Be an active listener and take time. I always say that another way to spell love is T-I-M-E. And you know what? If we take time, just like in a relationship with our husbands, wife, boyfriends, girlfriends, brothers, sisters, workmates, you're going to see where that blooms into so much more. Amen? So that's just a side note. So what we're going to do now is kind of get our sheet out, okay? Everybody got the sheet? Say amen, amen. Amen. All right. Let's see what we can come up with here. Now, to stop, drop, and roll. You know, everybody knows that from the, the, the fire marshal bill thing, right? Stop, drop, and roll. All right? Well, let's see how this will work here. Now, in verse 5, it says, Do not come any closer. The Lord will take off your sandals, for you are standing on a holy place. When we come to the presence of God, we need to stop and listen. Now, what happens so many times is we don't stop and we don't listen. Or we get something going and then we say, God, can you bless this? Does that ever happen? I'm the only one, right? I know, right? I'm going, whoop, probably should have prayed about that like six months ago, you know? Because you think, man, I, I, I got this must be the way. But I'll tell you, if we take time with God, if we start our day with God, spend our day with God, and end our day with God, you're going to see how the Holy Spirit works in our life so He can lead God and direct us in these things, okay? Let's take a look at this. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? Number one thing for stopping. Stop making excuses, okay? So many times, we give him the can't-do list. We go, I can't do that. I can't do that. Because I'm going to tell you, I gave him a right good list before we were standing in here. I said, no, I'm the guitar guy. I don't want to go up there, you know? And God said, no, 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 I'll be with you. Isn't that what he said? He told Moses over and over, I'll be with you. You know, if God calls you to something, you think he's going to equip you to do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the number one thing I thought about, you know, we need to stop listening, to, to stop to listen. We need to stop making excuses. And we need to stop doubting, right, and worrying. Love this right here. Check this out. I found this in my study. It said, excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. 
And you know what? I mean, I'm going to just put my, my own little thing on there. You know what we drive the nails in with? This thing right here. Our words. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, there's no way I could do that. That's not my thing. I don't, I don't teach. I don't do. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. And we need to say God does, God does, God does. Because if he's called you to it, he's going to bring you through it. Amen? So what, what I'm talking about today is stop the excuses, stop worrying, stop the doubting. Now, I like this part here. Check this out. So how can we open the window to the future that God desires for us? You ready for this? This is the way we're going to do it. Replace the excuses with steps of faith. That's how we start making a difference. Stop worrying about what else is going on. Don't let the world define you. Let the Word of God define you. And you will see how the bricks start coming off your back, man. Because you know what? Every time I get up here, you talk about feeling inadequate to do this? Yes. But see, I don't stand up here in my own strength. I'm praying. And, and the team is praying. And I'm going to say, God, this is your thing. Make it so much bigger. How many times do you hear us praying? Lord, make it so much bigger than what we're doing. Because if God's not in it, we can't win it. And that's the whole deal. We want to replace this excuse with steps of faith. We step out in, in faith here once a month. Then every other week. Now three times a month. Who knows what God's got for us. But you know what? We're going to be obedient and we're going to step out and we're going to see God grow his kingdom here. Amen. We're going to see lives transformed. We're going to see souls saved. And we're going to impact this community for Christ. Families, schools, the whole place. Because that's what God's called us to do. To make disciples. Amen. All right. Everybody got all their stopping in there, right? All right. I'm in all the city of pencils just whipping through there. What do you got for the drop, Mr. Buddy? Let's see. Verse 6, he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. When we come into the presence of God, woo, that glory, it's like weightiness. And next thing you know, you're going, whoa, my goodness. It's not that you can't stand, you just lose your ability to stand sometimes because the, the, the power of God is moving in our life at that point. There's been different times when, when we're praying and different things, you just feel the Spirit of God working on your heart. And my, my prayer is, as we spend time with God, we can recognize that. We're looking at this here. When we think about so many times when he talked about covering his face and he was afraid, I think sometimes a better word might be he's in uh, reverence. And reverence. Not so much afraid, oh, it's going but you know what? When you're so overwhelmed, you're trying to connect the dots and you're going... You are so much God. Who am I? He says, you're the one I love. You're the one I gave it all for. See, when we start digesting that, guess what? We don't walk like this anymore. We go, man, I am a child of the king. See, our boldness comes not from who we are, but who lives in us when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our life. That's the deal, guys. That's the whole deal. Is God number one in your life. Let's take a look at this. I like this. It says, the faith alone in him is the key. What else we got here? So drop and humble yourself. Our confidence must come from the inside. God first. I'll just hit that a little bit. Where does your confidence come from? Is it in your works? Is it in your, your status? What is it? What is it? Is it because you know, you know Joe Blow lives next door to you or whatever? Man, I tell you what. If you're, if you're plugged into what God's doing, our confidence comes through Christ, in us, through us, to reach other people. To reach other people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So sometimes we just need to drop in reverence of an awesome and holy and mighty God. Because he is worthy. Amen. Amen. Very good. 
Now, I'm going to give you some other scriptures, and I just want to um, just kind of build our case on this thing. I love to give you scriptures because it's all I want to be. Well, Buddy said, well, Buddy said because the Bible said. See, that's what we're going to do. Everything is tied into what God said because we want the truth. We want the power, and that's what we're going to give you, all right? James 4, 6, and 8, and 10. He said, but he gives us more grace. How many can use some more grace? Amen. We don't deserve it, right? But I like it. We can't earn it, but he freely gives it. Here's the trick. Are you receiving it? See, a lot of times, see, God's grace is for you, and you go, no, I just couldn't do that. No, I just couldn't do that. Well, guess what? You can't do it without it, so you might as well receive it, right? So the sooner we get into that, that understanding of God's grace, the better we are, because that's what he did for us. Amen? This is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God is not excited about people that are real puffed up. He says, humble yourself, right? As we read this, check this out. He says, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. See, a lot of times we think it's assist the devil, but it's resist the devil, right? So that's what happens so many times, and, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Who's going to lift us up? He didn't say, me will lift you up. Me, myself. He said, he will lift you up. Who humbles yourself? Humble yourself. Get in the right framework of what's going on. God is awesome. God is holy. And then when we put him first, guess what? All these things in our life start turning around. Does that mean you never have a tough time? No. It means you'll never go through it alone. Amen? God will lead God and direct you to the power of his spirit. Now, I think I have something else I want to share with you on here in the notes. Hmm. Something else I had on here. We need to drop the insecurities and rely on Him. We talked about the confidence and humble ourselves. Now here's some more here. How many times do we continue to try to work things out of our own ability? In our own strength, right? It's not about our ability. It's about our availability. Just like Miss Tanya saying, one of the things that we're going to do as a church here is when we do our Shine Your Light activity coming up in July the 9th, is we're going to be able to show the community the face of God. And you say, well, how, how, what do you want? You know what? It might be cooking hot dogs and hamburgers. It might be just saying, hey, can I help you with that? Hey, you know what? Would you like to sit down? Would you like some water? Whatever we can do, there's a place for you to be the mirror of Christ Amen. to somebody else. Let the Son of God reflect through you so that they can see the goodness of God in you. Amen? So check this out. I want to give you a little something else here. We need to drop the doubt and grab the faith. Drop the doubt and grab the faith. That's another thing we put on your list here. Alright? So many times we don't trust in Him. We need to trust in Him. How do you grab faith? By trusting. Just saying, I'm going with what God says. I'm not going to let my circumstances drive the bus. I'm going to let the truth of God's Word take over. And so, less of me, more of him. And you watch how God will work amazing things in your life. Now, check this out. I told you I was going to give you some more scripture to encourage you here. All right? Now, Moses kept saying, man, I don't know if I'm equipped for this, basically. God is equipping his saints. That's why we come in here, to worship him and get the word of God in us so we can take the word of God out into the highways and the hedges. All right? Check this out. Another, another thing to write down. Ephesians 1, 3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Sound like we're coming up short? I don't think so. Didn't he say all? I just love it when I read God's word. He says all. 
That's good. He's not holding anything back. You know what I mean? He's not holding anything back from us. He's a good God. And he goes on to say, even before, before, before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Latch on to the promises of God through his faith. Amen? And that's, how we, that's what we want everybody to do, is to understand that God's goodness is for you here today. Amen? I'm going to pick it up a little bit here and see what we got. So he said, what are you going to do with the roll? Well, you know what? When we got that information, it's time for us to roll. When he got the message, right? When Moses got the message, he says, I'm sending you back to Pharaoh and you're going to get my people out of there. And if you go over to chapter 4, he's still going, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a really good speaker. And he says, God says, look, I'm going to be with you. Okay? Uh, you're going to have everything you need. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll send your brother with you. You know? God's a gracious God. He takes a whole 80-year-old man in a stick, man. That's some serious God time right there. You know what I mean? Think about that. That is really good. So you think, well, I don't know if we can make it over there. <laughs> he had that old joker going back across that desert, man, with a stick. A stick. He said, hey, you got to let him go. He goes, what? You let my people go? Man, that's just good stuff. Time to roll, right? So check this out. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel. That's the mission, right? So here we go. When God's speaking to us, don't delay when God speaks. If you want to jump on right in the middle of what God's doing, when God nudges you in your spirit, don't go, well, you know, that sounds good. I'm thinking about when I get off vacation, I'll do that. You might miss the best timing. God's timing is perfect. How many people know in finances, God's timing is perfect? In healing, God's timing is perfect. You know, we'd like to see it come a little sooner, but you know what? When that time comes, you know why he does that sometimes, I really believe? Because they know it's nobody else but God. Man, that gets me so excited. I've have, I have seen stuff, boy, don't give me crying. And, and our finances and things like that, I'm going, this is not good. And Lord said, hey, you remember that old Bible you had in the closet? Yeah. Go back in there. Where's my old Bible? I don't know. You never put nothing back. <laughs> I pull that thing out. Boom. $100 bill in there. Hallelujah. Amazing. Things like that. And I've heard story after story after story. There was a young lady here called me this week. And it's just, I'm showing you how the Lord will speak to your heart. And uh, I go to a place in town to eat a lot. I eat a lot anywhere I go. But, <laughs> but it's a place I frequent often. And, and a friend of ours called one of the ladies from church here, and she said, do you know this particular lady at this place? And I said, yeah. She said, have you been talking to her? Because they know I love to talk about Jesus. I don't care if I got a burger on my face or anything. Let us say, hey, do you know Jesus, right? So make the most of every opportunity. And I'm talking to this young girl, and, and my friend calls, and she says, that girl has been on my heart this week. And I said, did you know her mom had a stroke? No. Do you know we really need to be praying? She goes, the Lord's been telling me to just go spend some time with her. Isn't that amazing? That's powerful. Amen. That's the testimony. That's somebody that's listening to God. This is not somebody she sees every day. This is just somebody God says, you know what? I'll use you. And you know what? She's obedient to that. And I'm just so thankful when I hear those great stories like that. God's moving. God's moving. It's God moving in your life. Don't delay when God speaks. Amen. Obedience brings forth blessing. Have you ever done what God said and then got come up short? No. Never. Never, never, never. Obedience brings forth blessing. His timing is perfect. Step out of the boat. I mean, that's a lot for me because I can't swim. You know? <laughs> I'm telling you. But you know what? Sometimes we need to step out of that boat. You know what? We think a lot of times we think in the natural, but you know what? It might be step out of your comfort zone. It might be step out and talk to that family member because you know the family is the toughest one to talk to, right? 
Because they oh, they're going through a thing, they're going through a change. But when they see your life being magnified, God being magnified through your life, they can't argue with a changed life. Does that mean your life is perfect? No. God is perfect in you, and He's perfecting things through you. But you know what? We need to be listening. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Watch God supply. We talked about that a little bit there. God has supplied so graciously for what we're doing here. It's amazing. Through y'all giving and doing. Because we told you a while back, this, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the long haul. And we're being obedient and we're stepping out and we want to make good decisions with what God gives us. But you know what? Through your obedience to what God's calling on your heart, God is multiplying and doing things. And we're able to help people. And we're able to, to, to be able to do things we're able to do. Uh, you know, help people doing missions. When people go through certain things, we're able to love on them. And show them. And it's not always about a monetary thing. Maybe it's just taking the time to just say, I want to pray for you. Maybe it's a phone call. Because I want to tell you, when it's dark, a phone call could be a big light in your life. Not one to step over the bounds. Just want to say, hey, thinking about you, if there's anything we can do, let us know. And we'll do that. We'll fill in that gap, okay? So check this out. God replied to Moses. He says, I am who I am. And you know what that means to me? This is what I love. I am everything you need. I am your, your safe place. I am. You can just fill in the blanks on whatever you need. God is the I am. I am your healer. I am your pro- protector. I am your refuge, your safe place. And it goes on and on and on. Because it always says, you know what? If God is your source, you will not come up short on resources. So what I want to do now to just get a better look at what God's done for us is this. I got a little clip on getting Tim to roll. And I want you guys to just soak this in. And I want you to see from God's word who he says he is. And I bet you you can insert yourself into each one of these and you can see where God has done that for you in the past. All right, Tim?
look at God's Word, how much it comes alive, wow, that's getting alive too. We turn around and we think about Moses and the burning bush and different things like that. Now, when we look at God's Word, it's amazing. Sometimes it just comes alive. It's just like that, you know what I mean? Just fire-breathing stuff, you know? And I'm going to tell you what, so many times when you just say, man, that couldn't be, it couldn't be true, could it? You're going to say, he was burning the Bible. <laughs> i got to tell you a story on this. When I first got this thing, I got it uh, at night, and my neighbor was walking his dog, and I was so excited. I said, well, there he is. Oh, there he is. This is so good. I go, hey, man, what's going on? And he goes, hey, uh, what's up? I said, man, I got this Bible off eBay. It's an old Bible, man. It's amazing. I was reading the burning bush about Moses and stuff, and I tell you what, man, it just come alive. It was just amazing. And then when I hit that thing, and it started going like that, and the flame shot out of man, his dog was going, he goes, man, where do you go to church at? Let me tell you, God is good. You know, sometimes, we, we love to have fun here. We love to have fun, because he hasn't been to church yet, either, with us. But Y'all keep praying for my neighbor. I know he goes, man, these people are crazy. But you, but you know what? You can still have a good time and have a God time. Amen. And so I prayed, you know, as we had a chance to look at the stop, drop, and roll. You know, some of the things maybe we need to stop, and it might be personal. Maybe we need to stop worrying about things. Maybe we need to stop trying to fix all the things ourselves and give it to God. You know, maybe we need to just drop some of the old bad habits and say, I'm not going to deal with that. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I want you to understand when I say that. I don't mean you've got to clean up before you come to God. That means he's going to take you right where you are. Okay? But I'm going to tell you, that's the best thing for us because God's trying to get something good to us. And so when we come to that understanding, we need to just get in that reverence. And when I'm getting the reverence of God, I just drop all the other junk and say, Lord, you are awesome. You're amazing. And then sometimes it's time to just get ready to roll. And you know what? Maybe today we need to roll. Maybe you need to roll and say, you know what? Today is the day of my salvation. You say, well, what's that all about, buddy? The Bible tells us, you know what? That our sin separates us from an awesome and holy God. Right? And you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I say, well, what do you think happens when you die? And most people say, well, good guys go up and bad guys go down. And you hear me say that all the time. I said, well... Where'd you get that from? Oh, I don't know. That's just what I think. I said, well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's one way to heaven. And that's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, John 14, 6. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and like no one comes to the Father but by the Son. And they said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, God did the hard part. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this big debt that needed to be paid, and we didn't have the money. We didn't have the resources. But God in his goodness came down and said, you know what? I'll trade you my sin, right? I'll trade you your sin for my grace. Excuse me, guys. And it kind of looks like this. I think I got one more here. We're going to take a look at it. There it is. Then we talk about God's grace. I went to eat with one of my pastor buddies the other day, and he was talking about this. I said, oh, I'm going to use that. That's so good. Because this, he said, you know what? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Are you going to cash in on that today by faith? Think about that, man. God's riches at Christ's expense. And that means God paid it all to rescue you out of your sin so that you can have his righteousness. He says, you know what? I'll take your sin and I'm going to deal with it, level it right here at the foot of the cross. But you know what? you got to trust me. you got to trust me. So today, I'm going to ask you guys just to close your eyes. We're going to pray and I'm going to ask you, are you trusting God? For your eternal destination. Are you trusting God to take away your sin? Because there's no other way. And you say, well, you know, a lot of times you listen to things where people don't talk about hell. I want to tell you what. 
the burning bush, we think about, oh man, that was kind of neat and stuff like that. There's a place that's going to be flames. There's going to be a place that's hell, and it's not for a short time. It's for eternity. And there's two sides of that coin. Either we receive Jesus Christ and we walk into that personal relationship with God through that sacrifice by receiving Him and what He's done and paid that price. Or if we reject God, there's no other way to be saved. And when we take our last breath, we'll stand before our awesome and holy God. And there's only one way to get in. It's through that relationship. And if you've rejected it, guess what? God's awesome and holy. So guess what? There's only one other place. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. We don't want to go there. You don't have to go there. I'm going to give you one more illustration that just always lays on my heart. Can you imagine being sentenced to life in jail? And the door closes and it's locked. And then somebody comes and pays your, your debt in full and the door's open. Would you just sit there? Or would you say, I received that and walk out into the freedom? That's what Christ did for each one of us. He paid the price. He paid the ransom to redeem us from, from our sin. So today, if you're here and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, this is this could be your prayer. You just say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I receive you as Lord and Savior. Help me to live a life through the power of your Spirit, Lord. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to just ask you to just take a peep up here so I can pray for you. If you've never done that, and that's your prayer today, amen. Thanks for being honest. You know what? Just claim that by faith. And say, Lord, just right where you are, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I'm yours. And you know what God says? I love you. I love you. I take away your sin. You are my so you know what? While we're thinking about that, I want you to understand the love of God, the grace of God, God's riches, and Christ's experience. Father, I thank you for the ones today, Lord, that just uh, looked up and gave their life to you. Lord, that's life-changing, the power of your word, Father. It's what you have done. It's nothing plus that. It is the cross and only the cross. But you didn't stay there. You rose again. Father, I thank you for those that have called upon the name today by faith. And Lord, I want you to just work in our lives today. Lord, take what's going on here and just multiply it only as you can, Lord. We thank you for folks here. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to be with us throughout the week. And Lord, if there's any other concerns here, folks, let them grab one of us so we can pray and agree with them in your goodness and your grace, Lord. And just come alongside our brothers and sisters. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.